Welcome to season two of the You Belong podcast by Faith Young Adults, where no matter who you are, where you're from, or what you've done, you belong. I'm your host, Braden Benvenuti. Let's get real. Welcome back to the You Belong Podcast. I'm your host, Braden Benvenuti. So excited for another episode of the You Belong Podcast. We got on none other. Oh my god. None other. None you know other. who it is. Lance Hamby. Do you think people are gonna get tired of hearing me on here? I don't think so. I think you you give good good content, good stuff. I'd like to hope so. Yeah. I, I hope so. our listeners think so too. I, I love so. you all. Yeah. They love you too. <laughs> <laughs> we got Lance Hamby back on, but Last week we talked about um, doubt, mm. talked about if that, I mean, is it okay to doubt? Are we terrible if we doubt? What should we do kind of in a, our I'm doubt? Just kidding, no. <laughs> <laughs> and we kind of like got into a lot and we're like, we're probably going to need to continue this conversation mm. with some like, I don't know, some scientific type stuff. Mm. And so that's what we're going to do. So that's why I got Lance back on here two weeks in a row, which he's been on here lots of other weeks, mm-hmm. um, just because he's he's got a lot to to say, I feel I like. have a lot to say, yeah. It's kind of his outlet to be able to to give to the people. Yes. <laughs> Lance, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm very sore. Sore? You, uh, yes. I've been, you know I've been hitting the gym oh, man. every single day. That's impressive. I only take breaks on Saturdays and Sundays. No pain, no gain. I've I'm, never been a gym bro. <laughs> I'm, feeling, I'm feeling heavily convicted right now because really? I remember... In our like New Year podcast, I said you did like the next week I was gonna get back in the gym and you did. It's you've like, been. It's March and I. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the end of March. Listen, um, I need a gym buddy, and this podcast will be out in April, and I still won't be back in the gym. Mm. You could quit crunch, and you can come to my gym with me if you want. No, to. Here's I the will thing. hold you accountable. Here's the thing: not quitting crunch because it's close, cheap, and I like the gym. My gym's closer to your house. I don't think that's true. Mm-hmm. It's in Cloverdale. Oh, that's true. <laughs> uh, you're right. Um, but I like Crunch. And yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm not back in the gym. Um, I need to get back. But that's that's great. I'm happy for you. You're doing a stellar job. You're eating right. You're trying. in the gym. Not this coffee, things. though. Not the coffee. That's not, not helping. Coffee. But it's okay because I'm only drinking coffee two times a week as okay. opposed to five. I was about to say, like, oh, today's two. Oh, no. Today's not Tuesday. It's not your. See, I couldn't cheat on Tuesday because your... we just had Abby and Evan's wedding. Uh... And I ate terrible mm. all day that Sunday. And so yeah. I was like, I'm eating terrible today because mm-hmm. it's Evan's wedding. Yeah. So I'm going to eat good on Tuesday. Shout out I'll... Evan and Abby. Yeah. They're married now. Mr. and Mrs. Hester. Hester. Thank Hester you, Clan. <laughs> They're going to have little Hesters running around. I kind of can't wait. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm very intrigued to see what kind of people they will be. For real. They'll be very interesting. Mm-hmm. If you know Evan and Abby, congratulate them on their wedding. Because mm-hmm. they are now one. Why <laughs> <laughs> are you so weird? Um, I think it has to do with, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I thought maybe I'd have a reason. I think I, I remember God you saying. Me. I think I remember you saying one time to correct me if this is wrong that you like when you were younger. I think mm-hmm. you said you had like a flip in your brain or whatever. Where you just didn't care what people thought. Mm. Is that not when I was too younger? Mm. Probably in college. Honestly, it's probably mm. like 
probably four years ago. Mm. I think that happened where I was just like, I don't care. Yeah, because I'm trying to picture what high school Braden was like, and I can only imagine. Don't take offense to this. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine this little wannabe jock. Mm. Maybe a little true. <laughs> Maybe inside, but I was way more reserved to people I didn't know mm-hmm. in high school. Like um, you, you cared enough so, to like be. You wanted to be cool. Yeah. In front of everybody, yeah. you didn't want to show your fun side. Yes, I was too cool. scared to mm. to be weird. Not anymore. Now I don't care about being weird with people I don't know. I'm I don't care about being weird. That's Back true. then I was I cared about being weird with people I didn't know. People I did know, I was the way I am. Mm-hmm. So what changed is like strangers or just people I meet for the first that time. Is true. Like I will be my weird self to mm-hmm. everybody. Yeah, now. especially because just at this wedding, mm-hmm. we were all dancing. Yes, and you had your bow tie. On, on my head. head, yes. Yeah. And I was on the dance floor from when it opened until it basically closed. Yeah, same. <laughs> That's the way to do it at a wedding. Until I accidentally, I'm going to say it, I'm going to publicly <laughs> expose myself. Forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> it was not good. Um, so at this wedding, you know, we're dancing, we're having a good time, good mm-hmm. Christian fun. Yeah. So, you know, we're doing... Uh, <laughs> what song was it? The, <laughs> it was the Cupid Shuffle. Mm, the Cupid we're Shuffle. doing the Cupid Shuffle, but we're doing, we're doing the fun... Cupid Shuffle, and Abby's mm-hmm. standing right next to me. You know, she's the bride. Like, we gotta, we gotta celebrate. She just got married mm-hmm. to Evan, probably one of the greatest human <laughs> beings that you can get married to. Mm-hmm. And so we're doing the Cupid Shuffle, but we're like, we're we're, we're having fun. We're dropping it low. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So we For do sure. like the kick, kick, drop. Mm-hmm. And I did one too many kick, kick drops, and um, I dropped it, and it was like, I kid you not, it was slow motion. Mm. The whole world stopped. Mm-hmm. I saw my life flash before my eyes because. Mm-hmm. I felt my pants rip. Oh man! Straight from the back, all the way to the front, oh, and I remember goodness. I made eye contact with Ty, <laughs> <laughs> and the tough. way he looked at me, even he knew, mm. and that's when I knew Something that this was, was wrong. it was bad. <laughs> no, I, I knew what happened. I was just hoping it wasn't as big as I probably thought it was going to be, but yeah. it was bad enough. I had to run and hide myself, and Ty had to cover me out <laughs> of the on, door Ty. so I could go and change. Covered him. He covered Cover my nakedness. Them. Come on, that's tough. That's <laughs> tough. Ripping the pants, but hey. You left it all out there on the dance floor. I did. And that's what happened. I mean, that's okay. And then you were able to get changed. Thankfully, you had clothes. That is true. But and I had stretchy jeans. That was probably so they would better, not rip. Yeah, yeah, better choice for you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that wedding was that was a fun time. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff like that happens, Lance. That's true. I just hope I can get them sewed up. I didn't pay for that suit just to have them ripped mm, on the one day true. that I wear them. That's a good point. That's a good point. Well, Lance, let's get into it. We got some pretty different, I feel like, Oh information this time than usual like yeah. we're getting into some um I don't know, deep like stuff in, yeah like into the the scientific into the the history into the like information my kind stuff. of stuff yeah like i love it this is it so last last episode we talked about um doubt like i said and what should we do in doubt mm-hmm. and all that so what we're going to talk about today is what we should do in doubt is basically research and we're going to talk about how we can believe the Bible, how we can believe that God is real because of there is plenty of arguments and plenty of, of facts that back it up. And so we talked about how we do doubt and how some people leave the faith because of their doubt. They let it overcome them. Um, and so now hopefully we can give you some stuff uh, so that when you do doubt, you're like, well, there's this and this and this. I got to believe like, and then you can mm-hmm. push that doubt out. And so uh, we're not going to get like, we're not going to dive 20 feet into the water. Mm-hmm. Probably like... Take too much time. Yeah. So you can do that on your own later. So we'll give you the stuff to kind of be able to 
go even deeper in and look up stuff because sometimes it's difficult to know yeah. where to start mm -hmm. um, and so hopefully we can give some ideas some terms maybe mm -hmm. um, that you'll be able to to look into even yeah. further um, but don't worry we're not going to be in the kiddie pool we're definitely going to be in the mm -hmm. you know the five to six feet water probably oh yeah <laughs> for sure I love these types of conversations and mm -hmm. obviously just like Braden said that's the challenge so some of what you're you hear today it can be very convincing for you and mm -hmm. for some of our listeners maybe it's not so the challenge is is to take what you're hearing today and further research it yourself um, I believe that every Christian every believer every person of faith uh, should have this sense of I know what I believe in. You know, mm -hmm. faith is an amazing gift that we have. And sometimes in our relationship with the Lord, we can't see things that we wish that we could see. Um, and that's where faith comes in. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes we can't know everything. But as far as who God is, his character, how he operates, and the validity that he brings to his own existence is outmatched by mm -hmm. any other world religion, any other thought, any other scientific moralism, any other agenda or belief system that anybody can ever bring to the table christianity always comes out on top if mm -hmm. you don't believe me research it yourself that's the challenge because um, i did it myself mm -hmm. and ultimately i came to this conclusion and that's not even saying that sometimes i still don't have doubt but mm -hmm. i think that my doubt and our doubts ultimately it's inevitable mm -hmm. and it fuels your faith yeah if you put it in the right direction for sure and so we know doubt is, you know, it's it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes if you have a strong enough faith, just like your personal relationship with the Lord, like you're not going to let that doubt overcome. But lots of people, um, they see things, they read things, and they're like, oh, what is that? And that seed of doubt just grows, and then they don't know all of, they don't know the facts. They don't know the, you know, the arguments and stuff. And then their doubt overtakes, you know, their faith. And so hopefully this, um, this will help you uh, just kind of have a, a better, you know, view perspective of like, no, the Bible is true or, or God is real through mm -hmm. all of this. But, um, you know, how can we trust the Bible? How mm -hmm. can we, that's the, kind of the question of the day is how, how can we trust the Bible? It's just a book. Um, mm -hmm. it's just a, you know, stories from way back when lots mm -hmm. of people have that argument. Yeah. Um, I actually looked up, um, statistic, uh, statistics about the Bible and about what people believe, um, about the Bible, and so through uh, Gallup, mm -hmm. that's a they yep. actually took a Strength Finders test through them, but they also yep. do um, statistics. And so, a couple statistics for you: twenty four percent of adults in America believe the Bible is the literal word of God. Twenty four percent believe it is the literal word of God. Mm. Then. 26% believe the Bible as secular stories and just history. So just like mm -hmm. it's just stories and just straight history of some stuff that happened. Mm -hmm. um, and then the larger number, 47% believe the Bible is inspired, is the inspired word of God. Mm -hmm. So that's a good 47%, not terrible. And that's a good thing. My trouble is like, so there must be a difference between people thinking the literal word of God and the inspired of word of God. Yeah, that because was, that's my question. The first one yeah. to me is like, well, I believe it's the literal word of God. But I think in this instance, what they're talking about is they're talking like every single thing take literally. Because lots of people have yeah, problems with some stuff. Is, that like, is that's true. That's not that true. Is so true. in this, I think they're that 24% is saying like, I don't think you should take every single word of the Bible literally. And I think that's true. I think there's some of it is literature that it's mm -hmm. like there's metaphors that like just figurative yeah. language in it. Um, but that, that big one, 47% believe 
the word of God is in, or yep. is inspired by God, and the Bible is inspired by God. Yep. So fifty three percent don't mm-hmm. though, and so that's that's half. That's a big number. Typically, though, when you look at uh, now that I think about it, so when you look at somebody saying, you know, I believe that this is the literal word of God, mm-hmm. and some people think this is the inspired word of God. I think I could be wrong, so don't quote me on it. Um, when you when people are sort of having questions and want to challenge the validity of God's word, uh, mm-hmm. aka just the Bible that we read today, a lot of people outside of the faith have problems with some of the disciples, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. So they're not necessarily saying there's anything wrong with what's written in red, which is exactly what yeah. Jesus said, because there are a lot of people out there that believe if Jesus didn't say it directly or didn't teach on it, mm-hmm. they're not following it. Mm-hmm. And the thing that we we've come to is that all of scripture regardless you know jesus did teach on a lot of things and there are a lot of words written in red that we go and we follow by but ultimately the whole bible Mm -hmm. is the inspired word of god through the disciples to be able to give us the most accurate representation of who god is his wisdom his grace his love and his mercy Mm -hmm. and they all they don't contradict each other they complement each other Mm -hmm. and so god is using the disciples and these people to speak through to get his word across so that the people of god can know know him by his name and Mm -hmm. know him by his character so i think that a lot because there there are a lot of people that have a lot of problems with paul Mm -hmm. a lot of people outside of the christian faith have so many problems with paul who he is what he's done where he comes from even his own history so Mm -hmm. i think that that's probably what it's saying by People who are saying, you know, I believe this is a literal word of God by saying, you know, everything that is in here is definitely inspired by the Holy Spirit and mm-hmm. inspired by God and inspired by His Son, Jesus. And then there are people that are like, I trust the words of Jesus, I don't trust the words of Paul. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I feel like that's probably what they're mm-hmm. getting at there. Um, I think the first thing we need to start off, if you haven't read the Bible, or if you haven't read any of the Bible, don't have, don't start <laughs> off with being like, oh, I don't believe the Bible. Yeah. You haven't read it yet, <laughs> so you, you can't really say anything. It's true. Um, so I would encourage you, if you're struggling with, like, believing the Bible, you know, you have doubts of, like, is this true? Just read a lot of it first. Like, you can't—I mm-hmm. mean, I feel like you can't have an opinion if you if you haven't read it. Right. Um, so I would, I would dig into the Word of God, dig into some research about the, some passages, whatever. Just get into it mm-hmm. um, before you have a, a view. But quick overview of the Bible of how— incredible it is Mm -hmm. and how for me this is a big thing of like this is definitely god inspired this Mm -hmm. is god ordained um so a lot of people are like oh it's a book technically the bible is not a book it is a collection of 66 books Mm -hmm. and so 66 books all different differently written we got Mm -hmm. history we got poetry we got prophecy Mm -hmm. wisdom literature, letters, and then there's some apocalyptic (laughs) type writing in the end as well. And so it's a collection of 66 books Mm -hmm. with all different types of literature in it. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of people get confused of like, they think it's just a book. Well, it's really, it's all put, it's basically if all the the Harry Potter series, if that was all into one book, Mm -hmm. that's not one book. It's multiple books Mm -hmm. in one, just put it bound into one thing. So so the Bible is a collection of 66 books, and now it is written by 40 different authors. Mm-hmm. 40 different authors, all coming from different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. We got shepherds, fishermen, mm. doctors, kings, prophets, mm-hmm. all, all different backgrounds. Yeah, all different backgrounds, all different um, careers, just different types of people. 40 of them wrote the Bible. Mm-hmm. Now, so we got 66 books. We got 40 people who wrote all of them. And they were all written over a time period of 1,500 years. Mm-hmm. 
1,500 years mm-hmm. all written across that time period. And so to me, that in itself is just crazy because mm-hmm. they all lived in different times of generations. That yeah. And so they didn't, nobody knew each other. None of those, a lot of those people that wrote the books of the Bible were not familiar with each mm-hmm. other. And so now, so we got 66 books written by 40 authors over a time period of 1500 years. And it was written in three different languages. Mm-hmm. We got Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic. Mm-hmm. Three different languages throughout these 40 authors. So, I mean, there's groups of however many wrote in this language, this language, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of them knew multiple languages too because mm-hmm. they were smarter than us Americans now who <laughs> just know English. But so three different languages, Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic. And through all those, all the translation, though, from those to English, mm-hmm. Um, I was reading, I was like trying to find like if there's any percentages about, you know, the accuracy and all that mm-hmm. and um, was reading one thing and it said, we can be pretty, we can be confident that it's 99.5% accurate mm-hmm. and that 0.5%. So that's not even 1%. It's, mm-hmm. point, it's a half of a percent is, can be basically, it's like you can read between the lines. You can, it's things you can yeah. basically put together it's yourself. It's mainly like spelling errors yeah so like it's the same word with the same meaning but it's just or it's, it's a word put yeah, into two words exactly the, the main thing is when yeah. you go from language to language i don't think any language translation is word for word all languages have different words for different things in different and meanings, so it has yeah. to be it's not going to be the exact word to word translation like if mm-hmm. um like for the instance love we basically just have love mm-hmm. but there's Five, like five in different Hebrew. in yeah. Hebrew. Agape, that all phileo, mean, They all mean different things. So like they have different words of love basically than mm-hmm. we do. But love still is like we get the idea. Right. <laughs> kind of. So so three different languages. Next, they were all written across three different continents. Mm-hmm. Across Africa, Asia, and Europe. Mm-hmm. So we got 66 books. We have 40 different authors. Mm-hmm. Over a fifteen hundred period of time, uh, fifteen hundred year period of time, three different languages across three different continents, and there's no historical errors or contradictions mm-hmm. in the Bible. And so, to me, this is what I want to just start this, which we've already started. But starting <laughs> getting into it, this kind of frame of mind, this perspective of how incredible the Bible is, mm-hmm. that throughout. 66 different books, 40 authors who didn't know each other from different Mm -hmm. walks of life, over 1,500 years, three different languages, three continents, and it all points to the same thing, Jesus. It all has a storyline of Mm -hmm. God is good, God is the author of everything, he is the creator of the universe, and it's all about the story of Jesus and the redemption of Mm -hmm. his people. You know, you will even have people outside of the faith community that will even that are not even necessarily Christians, mm-hmm. but that will that they will give you that the Bible in and of itself and its canon. Canon is just you know that there, there's nothing else that can be added or taken from. That's that's what the term canon of Scripture is called. When they look at the Bible, they will even tell you that it is one of the greatest pieces of literature, if not the greatest pieces mm-hmm. of literature that has ever existed because of those things that you just said right mm-hmm. there. Forty different authors, multiple continents generations between each other Mm -hmm. some who had never met never spoken to never talked to or even read some of the same works from these other people Mm -hmm. so you're telling me out of all these different authors who had never potentially met each other or read any of the other works Mm -hmm. that they all are telling this one story that points to this one man and Mm -hmm. that's wrong like there's contradictions with it and 
you have a problem with its validity, like, you know, like yeah. there's some stuff just not adding up. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's mind boggling that yeah. that could happen. And to me, that's the only argument that it, like, people be like, that's impossible. You're right. It mm-hmm. is impossible for us to do. That's why it was God inspired. It was God ordained. Mm-hmm. God created all of that. God breathed those words into those people to be able to write those mm-hmm. down and it all add up to the same thing. It'd be one thing if this, if our whole canon of scripture all came from just a handful of people yeah, or maybe that were together. One, one person yeah. that, on, that only this one person had this one revelation about mm-hmm. who this God is, who the Messiah would be, mm-hmm. how he would come, how he would die, how he would save us uh, from ourselves, from our mm-hmm. sin. It, it, that'd be a whole different conversation. Like, how can we trust this guy? Ex- exactly, yeah. exactly. But the fact is, and this is this is how good God is, is mm-hmm. that God knows in our humanity and in our sin nature, we will always doubt and we will always question. Mm-hmm. But God is ten steps ahead of you, and He always He will always validate Himself mm-hmm. and prove that His word is true. You know, the Bible says that heaven and earth will pass away, but His word will remain the same for mm-hmm. forever. Yeah. So even God is saying, before I let, I will let the I will let the heavens and I will let earth fade into non-existence before I let my word not validate itself mm-hmm. or not be true. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, it's it's insane. That Whenever I, I learned all of that when I went through ministry school here at mm-hmm. Faith Church like that, the which I kind of knew there were 66 books. I knew there was different authors. I knew different languages, but I didn't know just all those specifics laid out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I saw that, I'm just like, I already believe the Bible is true, but that just further, like, cemented like my faith into it of like that's insane like Mm -hmm. 40 different people like i feel like we can trust 40 people who weren't together ever didn't Mm -hmm. know each other different languages different continents like like i i I, like you said we can't it'd be hard to trust one person who just wrote the bible all himself Mm -hmm. because it'd be like oh he's got no one to check him Mm mm-hmm People didn't even read other stuff. They didn't know each other, and it all lines up. Mm-hmm. And people say that there's contradictions in the Bible, and come my way, and I'll show you how it's not a contradiction. It may seem like it is. There's some things that seem like it's a contradiction, but really it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's no historical errors. That's the big thing, and we'll get into a little bit more mm-hmm. of that um, here in a second. But there, like, there's no, like, even people who don't believe, like, the power of God and Jesus mm-hmm. still agree that like, oh yeah, this happened, you know, this happened in history, this, this, and this, like this is all true. Um, and there, there's no historical errors mm-hmm. um, in the Bible. And so that, that, that's what I, where I want, you know, your frame of mind. If you're doubting, if you're, if you're trying to believe the Bible, if, if you're like, I don't know where to start, mm-hmm. like, like start here in this big picture of like how insane it is that all of that happened and it's all true like there's no other explanation but that it is God and so then you get into you know the translation stuff Mm -hmm. and it's stuff is lost it's not the original all manuscripts all that and this and Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to say one thing and it'll probably be similar to what you're going to say and lead into it but um, there are over 5,000 Greek manuscripts Mm -hmm. about 8,000 Latin manuscripts and another thousand manuscripts in other languages and all of the New Testament, sorry, talking about the New Testament. So 5,000 Greek manuscripts. So Greek was the original language it was written in. Mm-hmm. And in, in addition to this extraordinary number, there are tens of thousands of citations of New Testament passages by early church people. So that that's like not the original, but there's on top of that thousands of people way back when, right after the New Testament was written. Mm-hmm. And so you say all that, 
In contrast, the typical number of existing manuscript copies for any of the works of the Greek and Latin authors, such as like Plato, mm-hmm. Aristotle, Caesar, mm-hmm. Tactitus, don't know that guy, ranges from 1 to 20. Mm-hmm. So those, you know, everybody knows Plato, Aristotle, yep. Caesar, right? Those authors, there's copies, one. there's 1 to 20 copies for those types mm-hmm. of people. But you're telling me there's thousands of original manuscripts from the New Testament. I'm, I'm probably going with the thousands. What's amazing <laughs> is that, and, and like I, I understand, it is easy, to, and I'm, I am not in any way trying to come at anybody that, um, if you if you don't believe, if you're not a believer, but you just happen to find yourself on this on this podcast, whatever, I am not attacking you in any way. So mm. please don't ever hear me say that. But what's amazing to me is that we will, without a doubt, without any hesitation, we will believe mm. and we will put faith in people like you know. And I, I mean, I I do too. People yeah. like Aristotle and people, mm. some of the greatest minds that have ever even existed, that ultimately helped get us to the place that we're at as modern day as mm-hmm. a modern day culture as you know uh, the technologies that we have a lot of the, what we have and see today came from these original early people mm-hmm. and we will look at some of their stuff and their writings and stuff that they completed or whatever and just like you said there's a little there's there's some but there's very little compared to what scripture offers as mm-hmm. validity to yeah. what they did and what they worked on mm-hmm. and what they said but we will so quickly want to believe that over Scripture mm-hmm. and over the overwhelmingly evi- overwhelming evidence that we have that proves that God is who He says He is, mm-hmm. and that this thing can be relied on, and that this thing is true. Mm-hmm. And so, kind of jumping into this, you know, uh, before I even start this or whatever, I won't lie. There is a bunch of debate, and there is a bunch of um, a lot of heated arguments over this particular issue, which is why we said on the front end, you know, the challenge is, is that you go study this for yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't take what I say. Don't take what Braden says. Don't even take what we say as a church or the big C church. The church is a global movement. Don't just take what we say mm-hmm. and just put faith in it. Go for your own. Mm-hmm. Study it your own. Work out your, the Bible says to work out your own salvation with mm-hmm. fear and trembling. Yeah, We can say as much as we want mm-hmm. and you still might not believe just because it's sure. us saying it. And so I agree. You gotta yeah. go. They know you're good. You're you gotta good. go. You gotta keep diving. You gotta go even <laughs> deeper. You gotta take what we're talking about and and find it out for yourself. So um, let's talk about the Dead Sea Scrolls for a minute. Okay, like I yeah. said, there's there's a bunch of arguments, whatever. But I want to point out a few things. Mm-hmm. So picture this: it's 1947. Mm-hmm. This is thousands of years after Jesus had died on the cross. He resurrected on the third day. He hung around for about 40 days, mm-hmm. which is still a lot of people don't even know that, that mm-hmm. after Jesus' resurrection, he didn't just come back on the third day and just go back to heaven. Yeah. He stayed around and hung out with people for about 40 days after his resurrection. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Side note, 40 days. What's, I mean, yeah. he stayed in the wilderness 40 days? Walking 40 around, days. talking to people, seeing 40. people, people seeing this dude. It was like, I just saw you, you, you mm-hmm. died. Yeah. And now you walking around here like. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's 1947, like I said, thousands of years after uh, Jesus had been crucified. Mm-hmm. This shepherd, his name was, uh, and I want to be, I want to be careful because I want to get his name correctly and say it correctly. I don't want to be offensive. Um, he he was, his name was Muhammad Ahmed El Dhib, I think. That sounded really good. I think Thank that you. was probably good. Thank you. I hope. I hope I got it right. Um, so he is a. Uh, He's out. He's searching for a lost his lost goat. Uh, he was like I said, he was a shepherd. Mm-hmm. You know, he he had to leave his sheep. He's going to find you know. And this his guy, lost, this is 1947. 1947. Okay. Like I said, thousands of years after the cross. Mm-hmm. So he's walking around looking for his goat. He can't find his goat. He accidentally. This is the key part. This is so. This is what I love about God is that mm-hmm. even through this, he proves himself to be 
be true and who mm-hmm. he says he is. He stumbles upon a cave, and he doesn't necessarily go all the way in the cave, but he takes some rocks because, you know, like I said, he's trying to find his goat. Mm-hmm. So he takes some rocks, he throws them in there, and then he hears clay pots breaking. And mm-hmm. then he's like, well, what is that? Yeah. He walks in there, and uh, ultimately he finds all kinds of scrolls written on papyrus paper and mm-hmm. other different uh, types of uh, literature and stuff and fragments and uh, stuff like that. And it turns out, once he turned these in, these fragments turned out to be every single book from the Old Testament except for Esther, all written in Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek. Oh, wow. And with the discovery of the scrolls, we now had manuscripts that predated the Meso, uh, like I said, I want to get this right, the Masoretic uh, text. The Masoretic text, uh, these people are Jewish scholars who gave mm-hmm. us the Old Testament that we actually use today. So um, we've been going, up until 1947, we went based off of their literature and their historical findings and their writings or whatever to help give us the Old Testament that we have. Mm-hmm. 1947 rolls around. This die stumbles upon this cave and finds every single book from the Old Testament, turns it in, mm-hmm. and it turns out when he actually, um, when he turned these in, um, when compared, it was proven that our Old Testament texts had been accurately preserved. Wow. So between the years of 500 to 950 A.D. and up until 1947, all we had was a Masoretic text from the Jewish scholars mm-hmm. of our Old Testament. That's every single book in the Old Testament. 1947 rolls around. This is thousands of years. This mm-hmm. is over a thousand years after. Mm-hmm. And we, ha- we find these scrolls, and we compare them to the Masoretic texts that we have that give us the Old Testament today, mm-hmm. and it is a, the most preserved and accurate representation, word for word, mm. that we have. That's awesome. So this is this this is the thing. <clears throat> These scrolls predate by a thousand years with no alterations to the original text. That's a thousand year gap with no contradictions, mm. and you're telling me that we have a misrepresentation and misinterpretation mm. of the text can't be it can't be that's what's crazy mm-hmm. so obviously people are you know people would argue okay well what about the old testament or whatever like i said we don't have time to get into all that today but i just mm-hmm. wanted to give you this little snippet yeah so we look at that and we're like okay literally all we had was just a bunch of like a handful of people who said this is what the old testament said mm-hmm. until over a thousand years later we find these scrolls that were written in the original greek hebrew and aramaic language mm-hmm that prove the validity of the Old Testament, that these stories, they actually, they, they were true. And mm-hmm. the, there's no alterations to the text. Nothing has been tampered with. Nothing has, uh, you know, been alterated to make them fit a certain agenda, for a certain thing or whatever. No, God is saying, this is who I am. I'll prove it to you. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's amazing. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I mean, because people, obviously, they're going to argue like, oh, well, it was those scholars. That's what we've been based on. But then we find the original and like, it lines up of like, so now we have the, you know, the old original mm-hmm. in the original language. So we have that. I don't remember exactly what the timeline was, but they pre-carbon dated the actual mm-hmm. scrolls. And I can't remember exactly how long they had been in there, but they had been in the case, I think, for thousands of years. Yeah. So we untouched. have that. And then it lines up with what the scholars wrote. So like, you can't argue that, oh, it was the scholars. They translated Man stuff. Made. We can't trust yeah. them. Well, without, fi- we didn't have those. And they were able to preserve, the scholars were able to preserve and write all that. The word and of God. And it ends up lining up. Which ultimately, here's the big picture. 
they didn't preserve it. God preserved mm, it. Yeah. God preserved his own word yeah. and said, I'll prove myself to be true. Mm-hmm. I am who I say I am. Yeah. Just like he told Moses. Moses said, who should I tell the people of Israel that sent me? He said, I am. Mm. I am who I say I am. Yeah. That's amazing. That's crazy. I love um, the, the Dead Sea Scroll find like that. I don't know. That's just exciting <laughs> to it me. Is. is like we found the original mm-hmm. stuff. Copies. Yeah. Like that's crazy. Things that, that so these good. people would have you know, carried around with them because mm-hmm. these were so these were so holy and so so pivotal pivotal to the belief system that the Israelites carried ultimately before Jesus came on the earth and came on the scene. So like the fact that we have these now and you can literally take your Bible, even in its English translation, and these these uh fragments and stuff and these uh Dead Sea Scrolls, some of them are all actually on display. Mm. And you can go and accurately know that what that says lines up with what you read. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yeah. That's, I mean, I don't know. It leaves me speechless because <laughs> <laughs> of does, yeah. thousands of years. That's that's insane. So, I mean, we have um, we have the perspective of what the Bible is and how it was written and, and the everything we talked about there. We have now, we found original manuscripts. There There's thousands of, of copies of in the original language. Um, and so I think, you know, that alone is just some added, you know, fact like just added facts that mm-hmm. should help like with believing the bible like the bible is not just some something written some mm-hmm. with some stories like there's stuff actually happened <laughs> the history is correct and we can trust it because we found original manuscripts from when mm-hmm. it happened and like when they actually wrote it and it's not just it's not a translation to a translation to a translation you know people mm-hmm. say it's like multiple translations like no there's people that speak and write Greek mm-hmm. and Hebrew, and so they can take the Greek and Hebrew manuscript and put it in English. Mm-hmm. Like they, there's not a like this language, that language, that language, or this one, this one, and then people get all torn up with like the different um, mm-hmm. versions of the Bible, um, <coughs> with like the New King James and mm-hmm. the uh, New Living Translation yeah. or the English people Standard get version. People out of shape over it, but like those are just those are just to help us understand what has been said right. in our in our like not our language but our kind of the way we yeah. talk like not, and just, i i won't even lie to you you know i'm not gonna sit here and say that i don't myself have a bit of a struggle with certain transla- english translations of the yeah. bible um there's my, definitely some that yeah like, for sure my challenge going. though is is that um and this is like i said this is i think every believer should want to do this if you want to know exactly what it is and what it, because like we said, you know, there are some different meanings uh, in the original Hebrew than there are in English. So like mm-hmm. you brought up the, the word love. Mm-hmm. So love in English means sort of one thing. Like we, we understand it. We know what it is. But in Hebrew, it has four different names. Like I said earlier, agape, phileo, storge, and eros. Each of those have different meanings as to what love actually is and where love actually comes from. Like I said, we don't have to, uh, the time to get into all those, but like. Go and study those, mm-hmm. and if you if you want to know that what you're reading in English is ac- is an accurate representation of its original Hebrew meaning, learn Hebrew. Mm. It's readily available to you. That's a challenge, for sure. And, and I won't lie to you; it's hard. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, if you want to know for sure, then study it. Study in English, and then go back in the in the original Hebrew, Greek, or Aramaic text, and so that you can know that you're reading things in its right context. And it's right reference to whatever culture or people group it was talking to, and you can know for sure and without a doubt that you're reading the truth. Yeah, I think that's good. I think a lot of people they you know they <laughs> cop out. They're like, "Oh, the Bible's not true. No way." 
and mm-hmm. then that they're like that's just their argument and it's too much work to to learn Hebrew it's too much work to research what actually happened or what was actually written um, and that's where I think people they're they're just they don't want to mm-hmm. they don't want to do the work to believe you know and because sometimes so, I think some people they just have the you know the personal relationship with with God you know God did something in their life a personal revelation and you know the Holy Spirit he, he came impacted their life and they gave their life to the Lord and mm-hmm. they just believe the Bible is true and like they don't need the all the scientific facts right. and everything which like is which is great is okay yeah but then there's some people that they just question you know all of the personal types of like no mm-hmm. I need the I need the history I need the science or whatever like and if you never well, go find it then. if you've never heard me say this you're gonna hear me say it now I'm one of those people mm-hmm because I I don't know why I'm the way that I am. Which you you know you know me. You've been around me long <laughs> enough to know that I'm a I'm a very analytical person. Mm-hmm. Like if you tell me something and you say it's truth, I have a bit of skepticism too. Yeah. So I'm always going to question. Ev- I question everything. Um, obviously, some of that I need to work out in my own salvation and prayer mm-hmm. to the Lord. Obviously, the Lord needs to remove some of that from me so that I can yeah. build my faith in Him and trust Him to know that He is good and He will always follow through. But the thing is, you're gonna go find it, you, yes. and you're gonna you're exactly. gonna question it, right? And then you're gonna you're gonna find the answer and then be like, oh, mm-hmm. He was right. Or then you're gonna bring it back and challenge Him. Mm-hmm. The problem with people that have that same view, like mind of like needing the um, the answers, the facts, whatever they don't go find it. They just argue and they're just like, well, that's not true. Or like they, yep. they leave it at that and then they never go find right. whatever they believe. And I, I want to challenge people to yeah. like, don't stop there. Like research, go, go yeah. find it yourself. Something the Lord had to show me is that oftentimes or not, I mean, obviously the Lord showed it to me, but like, I've just noticed it among, I've noticed it among myself is that usually people trade one extreme for the other. Mm-hmm. Either you just are wholeheartedly, you're in this thing and you're in the game or whatever, and that's great, or you're on the complete opposite spectrum and you're out of the game and, like, you think that we're, you know, Christians or anybody else with religious thought, not just Christians, Muslims, uh, Hindus, Buddhists, all of us are irrational people to think that we need some religious belief to help us guide uh, through this life or whatever, and you're just like, you bec- you become a jerk. Mm-hmm. On that side, and even yeah. on the on the Christian side, like you're so far into it, you're a jerk to people that are not in the faith, and you're mm-hmm. not exemplifying the love that God still has for yeah, them, for sure, and the compassion that He sees for them because He wants their salvation more than anybody else on this earth. Mm-hmm. And so, like, we have to find this balance of like, I can ask questions, but I don't need to trade one extreme for the other mm-hmm. because God is a perfect balance God. Mm-hmm. And so, obviously, I will never achieve that, but I always need to be aware that sometimes when I fall into it, I need to be aware. After the fact, hey, I fell into that. I need to return and repent from it, and mm-hmm. I need to find this balance of like, I'm not, I'm not trading just one extreme for the other. Mm. So obviously, you know, we're we're kind of pushing for time a little bit. We still have a, you know, a little bit to cover. If it's mm-hmm. all right with you, I kind of want to go into this. So we've talked about, you know, the contextual evidence of the Word of God. You know, the manuscripts that we have that help validate the Word of God compared to other. Um, writings from different ancient people that have helped shape our cultures and what they are today, and we've uh, sort of kind of proved um, the overwhelming evidence that this thing can be trusted in, in what you read. Um, so now, let's get beyond the book, because mm-hmm. people will say, outside of the Bible, 
prove to me scientifically that mm-hmm. there is a need for a God, yeah. which is a very valid point. Mm-hmm. Whether you want to admit it or not, that's a question that everybody has. It's a question I had mm-hmm. because it's one thing to just tell me that, hey, we have this book that tells mm-hmm. us about this God and who he is, but how do I know that there even needs to be a God? Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And I'm not even saying just for the Christian God, but like, show me something scientifically that tells me mm-hmm. there has to be some sort of designer for the intelligent design that we see, taste, touch, and feel for what we are mm-hmm. what we are today. So let's get into some of this. So obviously, we don't have time to get into the nitty-gritty of all of these things, but there mm-hmm. are uh, typically four traditional proofs for the existence of God scientifically. Number one, these are big words, mm-hmm. is called the ontological. Essentially, mm-hmm. what, that, what that means is that God is the greatest conceivable being outside of humanity and to think of such of a being as existing only in our thoughts that we created this thought that there has to be this creator for the created mm-hmm. um not just in reality um uh to think of that in thought causes a contradiction between reality and non-reality so what that essentially says is that in order for us to be able to conceive something as great as god ultimately helps prove that he is actually out there Mm. like i said there's you know there's debates with that Mm -hmm. but there's more number two is the issue of morality so our sense of right and wrong where does that come from so whenever you call talk about um issues of you know morality morale issues Mm -hmm. um we kind of sort of want to set a set of moral boundaries within ourselves. Like we, we obviously know killing somebody is wrong. Yeah. But if you and your humanity and what science would say is your animalistic nature almost is that uh, you want to kill somebody, you have no right to tell me what I am doing is mm-hmm. right or wrong because you're just as human as I yeah. am and I can perceive my own morality mm-hmm. more than just as much and as easy as you can so in order for us to be able to set these boundaries of what is actually right and what is actually wrong there has to be something transcendent above humanity Mm -hmm. to set these boundaries to ultimately tell us what is right and what's wrong one of the examples for this is that so you're telling me that cavemen you know that's part of our evolution and you know we can get into that well late later on down the road because that's a whole another thing whatever Mm -hmm. um but I particularly believe in, uh, you know, to some extent in evolution. So humanity in its caveman state just someday realized, hey, I shouldn't kill because that will make me look good in front of people. They didn't care. Mm-hmm. So where did this sense of like, oh, I shouldn't do that because I don't want to hurt somebody mm-hmm. and I don't want to harm somebody. And ultimately, this not only helps me be perceived as good around among the community, but like this is just a this is just not a good thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. So man in its caveman state and in its evolution, where did that sense of that's right and that's wrong come from? It has to come from an intelligent design somewhere else beyond ourselves Mm -hmm. to help give us this conviction, keyword conviction, that what you are doing is not right. What they don't realize is actually conviction from the Holy Spirit for the boundaries that he has already set for us, that thou shalt not murder. Mm -hmm. Why? Because you defile the image and likeness of God and who your your partner, your friend, your boyfriend, girlfriend was created in. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, without without God, setting the the moral standard without mm-hmm. the holy spirit's conviction who's to tell me that anything is wrong like right. if there's no god if there's no moral god if there's no bar then nobody can tell me that right anything would be wrong if i wanted like i said if i wanted to kill somebody mm-hmm. i could because there i mean why is it your word that 
why are you why should i believe mm-hmm. you that it's wrong like if there's no god then there's basically no morality there's right. nothing right or wrong and the challenge to the scientific community and i'm a firm believer in science i do not i, I believe in science mm-hmm. you know the challenge though to this is that there is no scientific evidence of morality there is no scientific evidence even as a scientist of why you as a scientist should be truthful in what you find mm-hmm there's no scientific imperative that points you to morality. So where does the sense of morality come from? How do we set these boundaries? It's not something biological. Mm-hmm. It's not something just within our brains. It's within our consciousness, which mm-hmm. we'll get into in a minute. So there has to be something outside of us that helps set these boundaries. Mm-hmm. Moving on uh, from that, so we move from the morality to number three, the cosmological argument. Uh, so this dude, Thomas Aquinas, He says that every known thing has a cause, even the universe. A lot of scientists will agree that the earth, that the universe started with one singular point and expanded into the great expanse that we see and know today Mm -hmm. into and created everything that we know in existence. I particularly believe in that because I believe that when God said, let there be light, everything that we see, touch, taste and feel and can observe in the universe existed in that moment. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I fully believe in that. So not only that, he uh, brings to challenge this thing called uh, you know infinite regress, which essentially just says the same thing, that everything comes back to a single point and that anything that is caused is caused by something. So think of dominoes. Mm-hmm. So obviously, have you seen those videos on Facebook or whatever where like people like push over oh, the yeah. dominoes or whatever crazy and it creates design. like this crazy design or whatever? Mm-hmm. Who knocked over that first domino? A person. Somebody. Exactly. So without somebody knocking that first domino over, if there was no, if humans or nothing else tangible, like imagine this thing is set up. Mm -hmm. If there's nothing there to knock over that first domino, you mean to tell me it's going to knock over itself? Mm. Couldn't. Exactly. It can't. So that's, that's the argument that we bring is that you cannot get the beauty and the intelligent design and the fine, finite nature and construction of conscious beings like us Mm -hmm. without something outside of us designing it in the same way the the example that is used is like that's like taking a tornado sending it through a junkyard and out comes a lamborghini Mm. that just can't happen yeah so we move on from the cosmological argument to the teleological argument this is sort of the same thing. It kind of complements the last one. Essentially, this just says that the universe's harmony, order, and design is proof of intelligent design. And this is an interesting thing. The probability that you, Braden Benvenuti, exist right now is 1 in 10 to the 2,685,000 infinite zero power. Holy to God. put that in, into perspective, that's 10 followed by 2,685,000 zeros. That's, that's the that's probability that you're sitting in this room, mm-hmm. who you are, and everything else that led up to this point to get you here, mm-hmm. all your grandparents, all your ancestors from the very first early humans, all the, the world wars and battles and everything, this brought you here. Mm-hmm. That's the probability that you exist. And you mean to tell me that just happened by chance? Can't. Absolutely not. So that argument is it, something that intricate, that big of a probability, like that has to warrant a, mm-hmm. an ult, like an ultimate creator that yeah. did that. Um, because yeah like you said the tornado lamborghini thing like that just ain't gonna happen Mm-mm. like it we don't we can't just come from nothing we're man we could biology <laughs> our bodies like the just everything that's in us is so complex mm-hmm. and like to me that's a, a very good argument of like somebody had to create this yeah. like just like somebody created the yeah. lamborghini and built it like somebody had to create us and and build us and the challenge is is like i said this doesn't necessarily 
to me, it helps me prove the Christian God and who I serve and who I who I identify with and who I follow. So if you're still on the fence, mm-hmm. don't take this as me trying to give you evidence of the Christian God. This just helps prove to you that there has to be something else out there. And I believe that in your pursuit of finding the truth, you will ultimately come to know the Lord and Savior, that uh, our, our Savior Jesus, mm-hmm. as we know him. And you will eventually find out that he is the one that reigns above it all. Mm-hmm. For sure. Running out of time. We've talked about a lot, but that's okay. Um, I think those arguments are they're helpful in the fact of like so there there's a couple different listeners i feel like right now there's mm-hmm. people that are christians they believe you know jesus died on the cross they have mm-hmm. faith they go to church um but they might not have an extensive like knowledge of anything about this or they don't really have the um if they get into conversations with people they can't back up their faith and so hopefully this kind of helps kickstart maybe people digging deeper and like having the, the you know the kind of backbone to back up what you believe in Mm -hmm. um and then i think there's people who don't believe in god don't believe in anything and hopefully this maybe challenges you to be like wait hold on maybe this Mm -hmm. uh, the bible has some some validity maybe there is some stuff because i think um what we talked about in the beginning kind of sets up how the bible is the collection of books is like that's just that's crazy how it was put together and it all goes towards the same thing and then with the we get into some of the arguments for the existence of god being there of like that's, I mean, oh, maybe they have a point. And maybe mm-hmm. there's people that they just don't, they're not going to believe whatever whatever we say. But um, I had some more to talk about, but I don't, I don't think it's necessary. Um, just about how the Bible co- complements some science, but I yeah. think we've kind of gotten into that. But it's it's just, go read Job. Job is yeah. the oldest book. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get into it. I don't Do care it. about time. <laughs> um, Give it to the people. So Job is the oldest book of the Bible. Um, it's dated as as the oldest book and so uh this this was crazy i looked this up and i learned it for the first time like just now mm-hmm. not just now but preparing for yeah. this podcast this was when i learned about this and it's insane and so there's three different kind of scientific things um that i'm going to talk about that kind of that job backs up and so the first one is gravity mm-hmm. and so obviously everybody well maybe not everybody knows isaac newton yep. discovered gravity mm-hmm. or didn't discover gravity Realized always existed. That, yeah. he just kind mm-hmm. of put put it into words um and realize in 1665 so that's when he did that that was what around 400 years ago mm-hmm. um a little less than 400 years um and so job thousands of years ago mm-hmm. job chapter 26 verse 7 says god stretches the northern sky over empty space and hangs the earth on nothing mm-hmm. and so job is writing this and that to me that's that's God speaking through him. There's no way he could know. He doesn't have a telescope, mm-hmm. but that right there that hangs the earth on nothing mm. and there's space around it. And to me, that's, that's talking about gravity mm-hmm. and that Job had an idea of what that was. Like that lines up with what gravity mm-hmm. is. Like the earth does, it is hanging in nothing in space. And God and his genius helped it put it into words yeah. in a way that we could understand. And this it. was thousands of years before mm-hmm. Isaac Newton had his theory and everything with that. And so to me, that's like, okay, the Bible lines up with gravity Mm because that's what, I mean, some people could say, oh, the earth is sitting on a table. (laughs) Like, I mean, that's not, the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible lines up with what is true is that the earth is just in space and Mm -hmm. that's possible because of gravity. Second is the water cycle. Job chapter 26, verse eight says, he wraps the rain in his thick clouds Mm -hmm. and the clouds don't burst with the weight. Mm -hmm. And then it says Job chapter 36, 27 through 28 
He draws up the water vapor and then distills it into rain. The rain pours down from the clouds and everyone benefits. Mm-hmm. And so this is talk this lines up perfectly with what actually happens. Yeah, the water cycle. And so that's kind of you can anybody can kind of probably observe that in nature yeah. happening. So that's not a crazy like God revelation specifically to Job, mm-hmm. but I think it's still they didn't have all of the Before scientific things we have. All known yeah. science fact. And so it's the the three things. There's condensation, precipitation, mm-hmm. and evaporation. Mm-hmm. And so he draws up the water vapor. That's evaporation. Mm-hmm. Then distills it into rain, precipitation. The rain pours down from the clouds and everyone benefits. Mm-hmm. And so this talking about it in Job, this was thousands of years ago before any science came out about the word Jesus. It didn't, it doesn't use the word precipitation. doesn't Mm -hmm. use the word condensation, but it lines up perfectly with what science is now. Mm -hmm. Thirdly, the earth's core. This is kind of the kind of the water cycle. You know, you can kind of, anyone could Mm -hmm. observe, uh, even gravity, you know, you can see the sky and you can see stars. Obviously it's Mm -hmm. like, Oh, how there's up there. This Mm -hmm. one, earth's core. There's no way Job could have known what is an earth's core. Mm -hmm. There's no way to know what's beneath the ground. Like you can't dig far enough to get to earth's core. It'd be impossible. Mm -hmm. And so Job 28, five says food is grown on the earth above, but down below the earth is melted as by fire. Mm. And so the earth's core we know is, Mm -hmm. I don't even know how many degrees. I think it's, uh, it's it's as hot as the sun. Insanely hot. You can't Mm -hmm. like it. It's fire down there. Mm -hmm. There's no way for Job to have known that thousands of years ago. Mm Mm-hmm. He had and no yet, conceivable notion of anything nothing. anything related to science. And yet God gave him that specific revelation to be able to mm-hmm. put in God's word to be able to line up with science. And so those three things I just wanted to highlight real quick that in the oldest book of the Bible, in Job, he wrote about things that perfectly line up with what science is. And so yeah. the Bible is complementing science. Yeah. And th- there's another one too. I can't remember exactly where the verse is, um, but... I think I think it's in Genesis, and I can't exactly remember the context. Uh, but like I said, you know, go find it yourself, go research it. So another one of those evidences mm-hmm. is, is that um, the Bible proved that the Earth was round thousands of years before scientists actually concluded that the Earth was round. So I think in Genesis it talks about um, uh, in quotes the sphere of the Earth in a time and place where everyone, almost everyone on the Earth at that time, scientifically probably believed that the earth was flat so thousands of years before we came to the scientific conclusion that we we live on a round rock Mm -hmm. the bible itself described earth as a sphere Mm. so what is a sphere it's a round it's a round thing it's a round uh floating or or not a sphere but it's just it's something that you know we're on Mm -hmm. it's just it's just crazy you know that of all the arguments that we want to make that the Bible and science contradict each other. No, God created the scientific process for by which we are able to observe and understand the very laws that um, uh, that define our universe. We're able to understand the mathematical equations that can ultimately help us get to other planets. You mm-hmm. know, like we can study the universe and we can sort of come up with mathematical formulas that help. You know come up with answers as to why some things are the way that they are and we can study things like our dna compound structure or whatever and the uniqueness that we have and how no one fingerprint is the same in that you know how things are determined based off of like what your mom does and what your dad does ultimately created you like what you get from him and what you get from her so all of these things 
don't disprove God. They validate God because he's ultimately the one that created the process that scientists are even able to observe. And I think it is arrogant for us as the human race to observe something and claim it was our conceivability and mm-hmm. knowledge that came up with it first mm-hmm. when it was God's design first. Mm, yeah. And he just gave you the knowledge and the comprehensibility to not look at it arrogantly and say, I discovered that. Mm. But God, you did it first, mm-hmm. and you've given me the ability to understand how it works. Mm-hmm. I want to leave you guys um, with a quote. Um, this is uh, from this dude named David Berlinski. He is a uh, agnostic. Um, he wrote a... Uh, a reply to a book called The God Delusion uh, from a very well-known atheist. I don't have time to get into all of it. So he uh, replied in a book in his own book called The Devil's Delusion. Mm-hmm. Like I said, he is an agnostic. He is not justifying religious belief. He is also not justifying scientific moralism, that science is the ultimate answer and that religious thought is irrational. But he brings this challenge, and I, heard, I stumbled upon this years ago. It's always stuck with me because I just think it's amazing. Um, trigger, not trigger warning, but just warning, there's a lot of big words, but just follow me. If you have okay. to, rewind it, hear it again a couple of times because I had to, mm-hmm. but it's just amazing. Okay. So here we go. He says, has anyone provided proof of God's inexistence? Not even close. Has quantum cosmology explained the emergence of the universe or why it is here? Not even close. Have our sciences explained why our universe seems to be fine-tuned to allow for the existence of life? Not even close. Are physicists and biologists willing to believe anything so long as it is not religious thought? Close enough. Has rationalism and moral thought provided us with an understanding of what is good, what is right, and what is moral? Not even not close enough. Has secularism in the terrible 20th century been a force for good? Not even close to being close. Is there a narrow and oppressive orthodoxy in the sciences? Close enough. Does anything in the sciences or their philosophy justify the claim that religious belief is irrational? Not even, the, not even in the ballpark. Is scientific atheism a frivolous exercise in intellectual contempt? Dead on. So he brings this challenge, not just to the faith community, but the scientific community, and saying, you're not bringing the answers either. And a lot of uh, the comeback to that argument is that we'll obviously know because as uh, humanity continues to press forward and evolve, the more that we will be able to understand and know. What I want to challenge you with and point you back to is that originally it was God's design that he allows us to observe. Mm. So rather look at these things and say there's no way that this thing helps add this thing, but rather we look at it in the different sense of like, God, you made this thing this thing so that now I can observe it scientifically and understand it. In sort of in sort of the way that it works, I understand because, for instance, like he said, consciousness is not a scientific thing. We don't know where consciousness comes from. What do we believe as Christians? It comes from it comes from God. It's a gift from God that we're aware of who we are. We're aware of the space around us. Mm-hmm. To our knowledge, we're the only beings in existence other than God that is aware that we can be aware mm-hmm. of the life that is around us. So where does that come from? Because they cannot find it within your brain. They do not know where it comes from. And ultimately, some scientists have had to come to the conclusion that uh, consciousness in and of itself is outside of our brain. Mm. So then where does it come from? It has to come from some sort of creator Mm -hmm. to be able to give that consciousness to us. So that's what I want to leave you with, that quote. Um, Like I said, go back, listen to it. Listen to it very analytically challenge yourself and dive deeper into the same because I'm telling you once you do 
you will understand more of the grace and the miraculous, marvelous person of who God is. Mm. One thing that I love is that, you know, the Bible says the heavens declare the glory of God. A lot of times we read that and we sort of think that they declare the uh, the good uh, the goodness of God almost as like it's audibly, like how we worship. That's not necessarily untrue, I don't believe. But I think in reality, when we're able to look outside of our planet and outside of ourselves and we look at the universe and its expansiveness and how intricate and how some things, you know, helped um, bring life to this earth and um, just how big it is and how beautiful it is and what we're able to observe. When I hear that the heavens declare the glory of God, it declares it by saying that God created all of this. Mm -hmm. Everything that we see that we could never even attempt to even try to touch. If you were to leave this planet to go to a planet a few million light years away, you would die well before you even got halfway or even a quarter of the way. The expansiveness of our universe declares the glory of God and explains how big he is. He's uncomprehensively bigger than us. Mm. So therefore, he is not to be challenged or mocked. Mm. Because the Bible also says that the God will not be mocked. And if we won't worship him, the rocks will. Mm. I don't think that necessarily defines it as the rocks that we see here on the earth, but everything else that we see in the universe. Everything declares the glory of God and his expansiveness. Yeah. So that's what I want to leave you with. That's so good. Um, one final thing for me, and then we'll wrap up. But this, obviously, anything we say isn't going to be able to just automatically switch your faith on or erase your doubt. Um, I hope this was just challenging and helpful to the fact of like, maybe you didn't know some of the things we talked about. Maybe it spurred some more thought and maybe, um, for somebody that doesn't believe, maybe it'll, it challenge your thoughts. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but just know anything that we say isn't going to be able to just do it for you. Mm -hmm. Like we said before, read the Bible for yourself, research for Mm -hmm. yourself and look at the go on go on google and look up things and and fact check us look at stuff if you feel like we said something wrong go search for it for yourself i feel like we said nothing but truth um because i don't think i'm just gonna get on here and say a bunch of random stuff like Mm -hmm. i did some research and was like this is what this says and so man the the bible is so intricate Mm -hmm. we as humans are so intricate the universe so intricate Mm mm-hmm that there has to be a designer, there has to be mm-hmm. a creator above us. Um, and so that's what I always go back to, man, when I doubt. That's mm-hmm. that's what I go to is that there has to be something bigger than me. God, mm-hmm. there has to be a, a reason, and that reason is Jesus. That reason is a mm-hmm. relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I always want to get back to is like we can talk about the you know, the, the backbone of our faith. We can talk about the facts. We can talk about the compliments between the Bible and the, and science. We can talk about the history of the Bible, but just know that the, the power of God is what's going to change your life. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit is what's going to come in and convict you of your sin. And the Holy Spirit's what's going to bring you into relationship with Jesus. That's how you can meet yeah. with Jesus. And so, you know, the, you know, the Bible says, ask and you will receive, mm-hmm. seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened. Mm-hmm. 
And if you are somebody out there, because I've, I've been there, I've struggled with doubt majorly, which is why I originally started even studying this stuff is because I didn't want to go based off of a faith that I was taught in my childhood. That's not good enough. Mm. I want to know that this God is a tangible being that I can know personally. And he know and he knew me before I even knew myself. Mm-hmm. So asking you will receive, ask the Holy Spirit, ask God, God, show me. Help me, help me understand. Give me the revelation that you are who you say you are. Ask and you'll receive. Seek and you will find. Seek the Lord. Ask your questions. Have your doubts. And ultimately, you will find out that your doubts are no match for his expansive gloriousness, mm-hmm. for who he is and what he's done. Knock and the door will be open. The same thing. Seek the Lord in all that you do. Ask God the hard questions. Who better to ask than the one that created the questions in the first place? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Search yourself or search for yourself, uh, the truth. And, man, when you have doubt, when you have questions, go to God, go to the Bible. Uh, I hope this episode was um, was thought-provoking. Hopefully it was challenging um, to your doubt. Hopefully it was challenging to your faith. Um, hopefully it was challenging to however you think. Um, I, ho- I think we were able to give some, mm-hmm. like, good like tangible things and it wasn't just so. like thoughts but it was like actual like some facts and, mm-hmm. and and some history and some some cool things that'll help um help you overcome doubt that's the big yeah. thing is when you doubt um man go to go to the bible go to god but mm-hmm. lance thank you for being on here again thanks for sharing um what you've found to be true and um sharing some of your wisdom and thoughts um always a good time having you on here that's all we got for you on this episode. This is officially our first episode over an hour long. We, d- we didn't do bad, though. We, no. were worried, we were worried about doing bad in yeah, the first place, but, but we didn't do as good. bad as I thought. But officially, the first episode over an hour. But I think this was the one to do it mm-hmm. um, just because we could have gone for hours because it's mm-hmm. um, about a lot of intricate, detailed, historical, factual things. But mm-hmm. thank you guys so much for listening. See you guys next episode. Peace out.